Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Now, go ahead and grab a mug of some green tea with coconut, because that's what Jason and I are enjoying today. And enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Hi, Welcome Jace. to the Deep Waters Podcast. Oh, I spoke at the same time. Actually, you already said that. Oh, it is yeah, messy. Let's did. start again. Okay. Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. <laughs> it's good to see you, Benjamin. Wow, Jace, it's really my pleasure to be with you today. <laughs> I'm really loving the weather right now. It's so nice. It's the official day of spring. Is yesterday. it? Whoa, yeah. in real time. We're going to release this in like a week and a half, aren't we? Mm, oh, maybe. Wow. But still, it's spring. For sure. Praise Look God at us. For spring. Isn't that great? <laughs> Come on. And we're I'm... in the throngs of spring now. Wow, praise. <laughs> oh, we're just so excited about life and good things. And Yes. God is so getting good. To be together and getting to hang out with all of you that are listening right now. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us. We really appreciate that. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, this is kind of your final time to pause it if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And here's your opportunity. And... Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, you're still here. <laughs> wow, That's I can't great. You're still here. This is great. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the eightfold ministry. The 12, 14, the five. Oh, five. The fivefold fold ministry. ministry. You know, this is language that gets tossed around at River House. And if you're like me when I first came to the River House, your first question around that language is what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? What are you talking about? Same. Five, is that like how many times you fold your bulletins at your church? Oh, yeah. I thought it was an origami class the first time I was there. <laughs> no. Believe it or not, it's not origami. No, it's in the Bible. That would be fun. And don't fold your Bibles like origami. Totally. It's not origami. It's Greek. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was good. I'm sorry. No, I'm with you. Okay. So fivefold. Let me just... Point to the scripture that this comes from, and then we'll dive into a little bit. We're going to ask questions. What is it? Uh, how do we approach it? Do we have um, any questions around it ourselves? Yeah. And we're, we're going to hash some of these things out and hopefully provide a little bit of context so that this conversation feels um, yeah, enlightening to any of you that might have questions around the fivefold ministry. Absolutely. Sound good? That sounds like a good plan to me. Okay, so I'm assuming that you have no idea what the fivefold ministry is, and we'll just begin from the beginning, which is Ephesians chapter 4, the beginning of this conversation at least. I've Googled what is the fivefold ministry quite a few times now just to do some research, mm -hmm. and all of them have this passage from Bible from the Bible <laughs> um, written in pretty bold text, usually at the top of the article. It's Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll start at verse 11, because that's typically where these websites start. And he, he being Jesus, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the sons of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We could continue to read, but that's typically the chunk that I see written on a website. Um, <laughs> yeah. What did you hear when you listened to me read that just now, Jace? Um, I mean, I feel like the five folds are right there. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm, I'm kind of, I was curious about the last verse, verse 13. Mm. Um, like these are all for the sake of unity. And let me, I must read this again until we all attain to the unity of the, the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man, 
Like, is that just to its, to its fullness? We are becoming unit like that. Like that, that mm. line was a little confusing. For sure. Me. I think, I think what it's saying is that the purpose of this is that we would progress in our maturity towards looking more like Christ. Yeah. So when it says like the fullness of Christ, um, yeah, knowledge, unity in the faith to a mature man, the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I think that's explaining what a mature man means. That's like, we're, um, progressing in our maturity towards Christ likeness. That's good. Does that no, make yeah, sense? Totally. Uh, so I think that's, that's part of the purpose of the five fold, just to name them. The five are these different like graces or giftings or offices. Sometimes they're described in different churches. Uh, the first is the apostle and the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or sometimes the shepherd and the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for the building up of the saints, the equipping of the church so that we look more like Jesus, basically. That's, again, pulling this verse out of context. I've told you nothing else about Ephesians, mm-hmm. um, but that tends to be the source verse for this conversation. People then take that to say what? Like, how do you understand the fivefold ministry, Jace? I currently understand the fivefold ministry as we are, people are, and I'm not sure if it's all people, some people, if it's leaders, if it's not leaders, um, are give, kind of naturally graced by God or like given gifts by God um, that we don't earn, but are that fall into these categories. So someone might just be a better, someone might be just really anointed teacher and communicator. Someone might be a super anointed evangelist and people just flock to him and he's able to, or him or her and able to, you know, pull out, you know, salvation. And I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but yeah. So it's like, it's like these, Mm -hmm. yeah, these gifts given by God for the equipping of the church and hopefully to bring unity. And my understanding is that we haven't seen a lot of healthy communities or churches kind of embrace all five of them in a way that exalts all of them and values all of them. Mm Um, because I don't, I I think the priorities of these five are different. Huh? Yeah. To some extent. That's good. But at the same time, I'm going a little on a word vomit here, but like we, Christ is all of these things. Amen. And if we're to be like Christ, we need to be like all these things. Mm. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. No, it's great. Yeah. That's, that's where, that's where it's sort of my understanding. Obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not a teacher. And that wasn't eloquent or very put together, but I think that's also because <laughs> I'm not quite sure exactly what the fivefold is in its completeness. I'm not a master in this either. So don't mm-hmm. assume that I am. I think both of us are very much in process, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the joy of the deep waters podcast that totally. we get to come together and process some of these things that we ourselves are even wrestling through and learning about. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you've said this before, not on the podcast, but, um, I had never heard of the fivefold before coming to Riverhouse. Mm-hmm. Even the first couple of years at Riverhouse, I don't remember it being mentioned. And then it was started to be talked about like, oh, this is Christianese lingo that every Christian should know. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like out of the club or something. Like, totally. what am I supposed to know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. What is this? Um, apostles, prophets, pastors. I, I, I mean, I go to churches and there's a pastor there, but yeah. what's up with all of this? Um, are you kind of creating a whole structure or way to run your church that feels like plucking a verse out of context? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I've asked that question, but the, the more that I have steeped in our culture at River House, and I think what we're aspiring to be more and more all the time is a diversity of voices in leadership and mm-hmm. in influence. Because if you look at uh, any given church, say there's only one person in leadership at that church, maybe that person has a particular set of giftings and that church is going to align with those giftings and maybe like be skewed a certain way in giftings and as a result, lack some other giftings. Mm -hmm. 
Totally. Um, for example, you go to a church where the pastor is a strong evangelist type leader who's just graced with a heart for gathering people together and loving the outcast and the marginalized. Like that church probably feels so awesome and fun. Uh, and the, the world wants to go to churches like that. And at the same time, you might not experience, I don't know, fresh words from the Lord that like a depth of discipleship even or a depth of discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. Evangelists are good at like gathering the herd, but not necessarily discipling the herd Mm. historically. Right. I'd say if we're making generalizations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, this is like, I think if, if a evangelist church was taken to the extreme, they almost wouldn't be even meeting on, they wouldn't be meeting together in a church building. They'd be out, you know? Yeah. It's like, and so you're, it's got an incomplete picture of what the, body of Christ is mm, because they're good. not even like they're not eating around a table or they're not at the temple. They're just like in the streets. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it's like, that's a really good thing, but you're missing at least, you know, three other aspects, four other aspects, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. Yeah. So I guess as I've appreciated the heart of the fivefold ministry, I'm starting to learn that it is for the sake of having a more holistic vision for your church. Yeah. That doesn't feel accidentally honed in on one particular grace. Totally. Um, like I've heard people describe churches as seeker churches. Have mm-hmm. you heard that terminology? Yeah, totally. I wonder if we apply fivefold language to that. It's like there's definitely some evangelistic grace in there. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And because it lacks some of that completeness of the rest of the fivefold, then when people have been walking in the faith for a while, it starts to feel like watered down or like they're the depth of discipleship that they crave isn't being satisfied. And Mm -hmm. so maybe they move along to a different church. That's more like that. Yeah. Huh? So let's see, what do you think would be helpful? I think it'd be nice to give a little context to this verse and maybe talk a little overview of what's going on in Ephesians. It's cool. Like, why is Paul telling these people specifically these five offices? Yeah, it's good. And why why don't we see this in Corinthians too? Wow. And maybe that's a question we don't know the answer to, but that's a question that I have. Oh no, I'm really glad you asked that because mm-hmm. it, it makes me think if we didn't have the Book of Ephesians, the concept of the fivefold wouldn't exist because it yeah, only appears here. Totally. At least in this language. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I I would say I mean I guess. I want to go into the context, but I just had this kind of picture of the heart of this is unity in Christ. Amen. And we have that all over scripture, especially Paul's letters Mm -hmm. in the new Testament. Um, and so I don't feel like we'd lose that, you know, Mm -hmm. and we'd probably call it like if we're pulling out of Corinthians, it's like the 12 gifts, you know, Mm -hmm. or I think it's nine gifts or it's like, yeah, there's like something, something, uh, we'd probably just have another version. So I don't think this is like, I don't think this passage in Ephesians is like the kingpin to all like church ministry, Mm. but I think it is a helpful picture of how to have a balanced, more Christ like view of the people we are supposed to be. That's good. And become. That's perfect. I think that is the great bridge for talking about the context of Ephesians. Because as I understand the book of Ephesians, what Paul is doing is he's communicating to predominantly Gentile, but also partially Jewish congregation of Jesus followers Mm -hmm. in the early church. I don't know. It might've been like 50 AD, Mm -hmm. like a couple decades after Jesus um, ascended to the right hand of the father, maybe 60 AD. I, I don't know exactly the time frame. I didn't look that up, but, um, there's division all throughout the Roman empire in the church. Even, I mean, definitely division just in general, because mm-hmm. humans tend to have this nasty habit of dividing. Absolutely. You know, we want to hang out with people who look like us and act like us and talk like us, especially when there's like an overlord trying to control many different ethnicities and cultures <laughs> like that usually doesn't go as well <laughs> No, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is Ephesus is in Greece. Uh, it's modern day Turkey. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Asia so, minor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like this is quite a ways from the epicenter of the Roman empire. Right. At this time. Mm-hmm. So, and 
quite a ways from the epicenter of Judaism and mm-hmm. Christianity at that but point. But kind of in the middle, actually. It is. Yeah. So you probably get a whole bit of melting pot there. That's good. It was a huge port city. Um, think of like San Francisco, mm-hmm. where um, for that whole region, ships would have brought um, their different merchants supplies and materials through Ephesus and they would have gone out from Ephesus to the whole region of Asia Minor. So it's like a significant city. It's funny that today there isn't anybody that lives in Ephesus. If you go to Ephesus, it's just ruins. Oh wow! I forget why that is like access to water or something mm-hmm. failed, but, um, but how cool would it be to like to see it in its prime? Oh, I would be so into that. I would love to like time travel back to this time period and see like, these budding empires and wow. Wow, like, to stand in Athens or Jerusalem kind of just makes me want to watch the gladiator, honestly, but <laughs> I think that's a little bit later than this, but um. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we digress. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, I'm into it though. Uh, that's just a little bit of context for Ephesus. So it's like pagan setting. They're worshiping, um, you know, like Greek slash Roman mm-hmm. goddess. I forget who's the goddess of Ephesus. Aphrodite, maybe? I could Google it really quick. You want to? I'll, I'll Google it. You yeah. give a bit more context. Um, that would give us some good context. But there's there's all these idol images. If you want a little more context of what Paul's time in Ephesus looked like, you can read Acts chapter 19. And it tells this kind of crazy story where people start coming to Jesus and they stop buying these idol images. And the person making the idol images like starts a riot because it's... It's messing up the pagan economy of Ephesus that so many people are converting to Christ. Um, and so anyway, this, this city experienced massive cultural disruption when Paul brought the message of Jesus mm. into the city. Um, it was Artemis. Oh, Artemis. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Or Diana in the Roman uh, okay. Pantheon. Okay, cool. Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, good call. Wow. Thanks. Um and I, if I remember correctly, there's an aspect of the the pagan cult in Ephesus that um, it's kind of ruled by matriarchs mm-hmm. because of this strong goddess figure in Artemis. But anyway. Wow. Fascinating. That's a, that's a rabbit trail that we don't have to walk down. But all this to say there's division, there's disruption. Paul had lived in Ephesus for three years and he's writing this letter after having lived there, most likely from prison, um, to encourage them. And some scholars actually think that the church of Ephesus, was, this, this letter wasn't meant just for them. It was actually meant as kind of a basic, here's the gospel um, in a nutshell and what you're supposed to do about it. Mm-hmm. Now take this letter, copy it down and send it to all of the rest of Asia minor, just like you send all of your other supplies and materials that you're trading. Wow. So which like how cool, cause it's like this port city. So it's like, right. It's going to be like the epicenter of, of shipping and commerce, you know? So it's, it's cool. a great spot to get something out like that. That's good. And I'm like, it did get out, right? That's oh, why it's in our scripture, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. It got out really well. Mm-hmm. But funny because like the book of Galatians or First Corinthians, they're written really specifically to one group of people in a city that are dealing with certain problems. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he like name people by name? Totally. It's like Betty, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Or in First Corinthians, he's like, I know that this one dude who slept with his stepmother <laughs> did this, this, that, and the other thing. And then they're talking about like, you know, church discipline and Mm -hmm. stuff. So his letters, you know, are dealing with real churches and real people. Yeah, totally. Ephesus in this book, at least there's less of that, which has given scholars a sense that it was less specific to the church of Ephesus and Mm -hmm. more general to Christians at large who are wrestling with um, cultural differences and how do we act as Christians when, you know, historically Gentiles and Jews have not gotten along well. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're like calling each other's brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. What do we yeah, do with for, that? For so much of the Jewish history, there was the chosen people. Right. And now Jesus comes along and breaks down those barriers, you know, tears mm-hmm. the curtain. And now anyone can be like welcome into the fold. And that's like, Paul is kind of always trying to talk about like, no, like you gotta, 
We all got to get along together, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, even you almost said it there. I think Paul says in Ephesians to break down the dividing wall that Christ broke down the dividing wall. Oh, yeah, I totally between knew that. Jews and <laughs> Gentiles. You you quoted it without yeah. knowing you quoted wow. it. Um, so that's that's like one of the bigger heartbeats of the book of Ephesians mm-hmm. is um, that because of this salvation work that Jesus has brought into our lives, we are now unified in the body of Christ, whether you're Jew, Greek, man, woman, slave, free, we're unified. And now you are to live in gentleness, peace, love, guarding yourself with the armor of God. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where he ends. But, um, I think that kind of more general context is helpful to recognize that this fivefold verse that we get is in the midst of a bigger conversation about the good news of the gospel and then what we do with it practically. Yeah, that's so good. Huh. Um, and I guess, yeah, to bridge that, maybe I would say if we're ever reading this verse about the fivefold or we're thinking about the fivefold and we're missing that aspect of unity then we're missing the heart of the verse. I think there's a, there's a possibility that you, you know, you hear the five different things, um, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor. And you're like, oh man, I totally identify with pastor. I don't have to worry about the other four. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that's not a, like a unified viewpoint or even like, I don't need to grow in the other four because I'm like, I just got to grow my pastor muscle. (laughs) Um, yeah. But if we like, I mean, this image analogies are sometimes dumb, but like if we think of this as a hand, we have five fingers. Most of us do. There's five folds of ministry. Um, if you only just exercise your thumb, like your hands going to be pretty useless. Or like if you like, I mean, if you yeah. only use one finger. Right. And if we think of, of Christ being like Christ as the palm, huh. as the whole hand, like you want that whole hand to be as functional as possible. That's good. We want to be the most like Christ. And so we have to if we might be gifted, our, maybe maybe your dominant thing is your thumb. You know, sure. opposable thumbs really set us apart. Um, <laughs> That's right. But take that the rest of the animal kingdom. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> what now, clownfish? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got me good. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone so far. I know. We'll we'll, we'll call. Yeah, I'll, I'll re- re- restart that. <laughs> uh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. No, oh man, right. sorry. <clears throat> like just the delivery kind of got me on yeah, that one too. Yeah, good. Um, okay, the opposable thumb. The opposable thumb. Like I, I would say I identified more as a pastor, and so let's say my pastor is my thumb. You know, but we're called to be like Christ, and like I, like mm. I'm supposed to use my whole hand, and so I have to pull on my brothers and sisters that might be more gifted in evangelism and teaching and as an apostle and as a prophet, um, to, to, to grow up in maturity as like a little Christ. That's good. Christian, like Christian, a little Christ. I like that. That grounds it for me in a personal experience, because I'd say if I lean any direction, it's more teacher Mm-hmm. like nerd out on stuff. Oh yeah. Um, it's pretty obvious, but I could learn, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I could learn so much from other people about teaching for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely about the others. Like I want to be more of a, um, gentle, compassionate pastoral figure in the lives of the people around me. I want to learn how to hear the voice of God and then represent the voice of God in the world around me, like a prophet. Um, and like first Corinthians even tells us to seek those kinds of gifts, the higher gifts like prophecy so that we can edify the church. Um, and just because I'm not naturally uh, like born like a prophet 
doesn't mean that I can't somehow learn how to embrace that aspect of Christ in my own personal life. Because I think if the fivefold language makes me think, oh, okay, cool. I'm a teacher. This is my lane. Everybody else, you can do the evangelist thing and you over there can do the prophet thing. When I go to the grocery store and someone starts to ask me about Jesus, I'm not going to engage in that conversation because I'm not an evangelist. Someone else Mm -hmm. can handle that. Then I'm thinking, whoa, what a, what a missed opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. We're probably all called Mm -hmm. to those evangelistic moments. Though some of us might be better at them than others. We, we all have room to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I don't, I don't want this language to ever lock us in a lane. And I think sometimes it can do that if it's mm-hmm. not done well. Totally. Hmm. I have a question. Please. Why just five? Five things. <sighs> yeah. It, it feels like we're more diverse than that. Yeah, it's good. Like, I honestly, like, I mean, I think a worshiper can be prophetic or could fit into this, but I'm like, mm-hmm. a worshiper is like, they're musically gifted. They're, they're attuned to the spirit it feels like its own thing and it's not included in this Uh, or like, you know, someone who is, um, powerful in in healing or sure. These other like gifts, like what, what's the differentiation between the fivefold ministry and yeah. Anything else This seems a little limiting to me. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you asked that. I am still learning how to answer that question. And I think, people will answer that question in different ways. Mm -hmm. One way that I've heard some Christians answer that is, well, it's great. Worshipper, maybe you're a creative person. Artist. Artist. Yeah. Maybe you're like an administrative person. Those are gifts too from God. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. But they aren't a part of this like five fold expression of Christian leadership. And um, these five offices, that word is thrown out sometimes, are meant to be filled by people who hold those graces of leadership specifically. And not everybody has one of the fivefold graces, and that's okay. Um, But these are the five graces that need to be leading and equipping our local congregations, our local church, so that we look more like Jesus. Hmm. I think that's one answer. Okay, that it's more leadership focused. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, there's even a little bit of exclusive language there, but I don't want that to make it sound like, oh, the people who hold the fivefold are better than anyone else. Yeah, it's totally. just their role in the church. Mm-hmm. So, say there's a church down the road that has five pastors, like five leaders. One mm-hmm. is the evangelistic leader. One is the apostolic leader. One is the prophetic and so forth. They might believe that their congregation members don't necessarily hold any of these fivefold ministries in the way that Paul's talking about them in mm-hmm. Ephesians four, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a really valuable part in yeah. the equipping of the body and that they don't have other gifts like mercy and healing and tongues and I mean, you can also be a prophetic person yeah. without holding the office of the prophet in a leader sense. Okay. That's, this is one realm of this conversation that yeah. I need to learn a lot more about. Okay. There's another side of this conversation that I think holds it more loosely mm-hmm. that says, actually, Paul's point here isn't, hey, there are five offices and those offices exclusively lead the church. I think what this person might say is Paul is trying to point out that there are different graces mm-hmm. on different people because we're diverse. Yeah. We're to be unified, but not uniform. Mm-hmm. We're to learn from one another and to fill in each other's gaps. And so he says things like apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, you know, to, to, point out examples of how we fill out the body, yeah. but it's not actually a limiting conversation. Maybe they're just um, like to exemplify the differences of the body. Like in first Corinthians, when Paul says, you know, the eye shouldn't say to the ear, I have no need of you. Mm-hmm. Paul's not saying the eye and the ear are the only parts of the human body. He's yeah. just pointing out some examples to make his point. True. Um, so you see those two, two different ways to view this conversation I'm learning. One is, yeah, like a strict five fold, um, belonging to the leadership. 
and the other it's is like a more four job positions at a church. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's kind of what it feels like, mm-hmm. which is probably more of the office leadership mm-hmm. and people who hold the office of teacher. They don't just teach, but they like equip other people in teaching. Yeah. Um, the office of evangelist, they don't just evangelize. They like teach the church how to evangelize. Mm-hmm. So you see the difference there. Yeah. It's like multiplicative. Totally. Which is one of my favorite words to say. <laughs> um, whereas someone who is just like good at evangelism might not hold the office of evangelist hmm. in that worldview. Yeah. But in this other one, like um, there isn't really an office of evangelist. It's like some people are graced with evangelism and that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. And there you might also be graced with like I said, administration Yeah, and you're just an organized person and that's wonderful. And just because Paul didn't say something administrative in this list in Ephesians four, doesn't mean that your part in the body of Christ isn't absolutely essential because mm-hmm. it is, especially if you know me, cause I'm not very organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had just had this realization. I feel like if Jesus wanted us all to be the same person, he would have like, made all of his disciples to be like the same people, you know, or wow. like you have to directly mimic everything I do or like, you know, get rid of all personality, like change your name to Jesus. Like, <laughs> and he just doesn't do that. Like huh. when he leaves, he leaves 12 distinct disciples. Wow. Um, I don't know. That was just an interesting thought. That's really good. I like the way that the chosen has flushed that out a little bit oh, because yeah. you see like, Oh, like, yeah, that person's good with numbers and organization. Like Thomas has been running a business here. And so he sees things differently. And, and then, you know, you got like Simon the zealot, who's Mm -hmm. just kind of hardcore. (laughs) He's like a bodyguard to everybody else. And there's no way that Matthew, the tax collector is going to be that character, but you need, Mm -hmm. you need the Simon, the zealots and you need the tax collector guy who came out of tax collecting and, um, Yeah, I think that's the same kind of conversation that Paul is trying to have here in Ephesians 4, I would say. So that he's saying, hey, Ephesus, or hey, church, Mm -hmm. y'all have different graces. And Jesus was the fullness of maturity in every way. We have parts of that maturity Let's work our way towards a fuller maturity by building up one another, encouraging each other to look more like Christ. Mm. And there are things that you have, Jace, that I don't. Yeah. And I want to learn from you those Christ-like things that you have been like deposited, that have been deposited in you. I think you could even ground that in the biblical view of the image of God. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 1, when he says... Um, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. In that image of God poem in Genesis 1, he's saying there's a diversity inherent to the image. So not just man and yeah. not just woman is the image. It's them collective. Yeah. Like that, that unity and diversity is essential to what it means for humans to embody the fullness of what God even meant for us to embody. Wow. That's so good. And I mean, bringing in the image of God, that kind of brings us back to the last two weeks talking about the priesthood too. Mm -hmm. Like this is just another aspect of becoming more, a more sanctified image of God. That's good. question about um apostles oh send it so we talk about the 12 disciples we can call them apostles yeah and then there's this apostle in this fivefold is that the same thing or is those two different words for like i'm not even sure what apostle means i'll be honest <laughs> that's so good i'm glad uh again i feel like kind of a novice in this conversation mm-hmm. but i'll i'll Say what I know. As an expert on apostles, (laughs) can you uh, divulge in this a little bit? Uh, Yeah. Well, (laughs) first I'll reel it back to the Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. 
whatever the Greek word is, apostolos, I think. It, that sounds I mean, cool. I can just guess yeah. that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was a term that the Roman Empire used to describe certain people whose job was cultural assimilation. So imagine Rome is extending their borders. They conquer this pagan island that we now call Britain. Mm-hmm. And as a result of conquering it, they want the UK now or Britain, that island to start to pay them taxes and to look Roman Mm -hmm. so that they are solidified in a Roman identity. In order to do that, they have to send apostolos or these apostles up to Britain to start to assimilate them in their culture. Mm -hmm. So those people will go and build Roman amphitheaters and they'll start to play Roman plays and they'll teach them Roman music and Roman way of life so that the, the um, people of Britain will start to look like the people of Rome. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's the, it's cultural assimilation. Okay. It's um, advancing your kingdom by, um, by way of culture. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the, now the Jesus movement has taken this word apostle and used it to describe cultural assimilation in usually that phrase has a really negative connotation. Yeah. So it's sure. kind of weird for me to say that, mm-hmm. but in a way that's what's happening between, between the kingdom of God yeah, okay. and our earthly kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I want you to be in this world, but not of this world because you're of the kingdom, Mm -hmm. there's a new king. And like, regardless of who is ruling you, you don't serve them first and foremost, you serve Mm -hmm. the Lord. Yeah. Um, And in that kingdom, there's a different culture. There's a different set of rules by which we live life. Mm -hmm. And that's going to require some culture shifts. Totally. And so the apostle was kind of the one Uh, like the tip of the spear leading um, in a new realm, leading people into what does this culture of the kingdom of God really mean? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. And they might do that by planting churches. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we use the word today entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. to describe what the apostolic office or grace is. Yeah. And I think we use that word because entrepreneurs are like starting things from scratch. Mm -hmm. And often apostles in the early church were people who would go somewhere where a church didn't exist yet and they would start it. Mm. Um, They're beginning things. They're they're leading things with this um, cultural authority that's given to them. And so that's my best understanding of the word apostle. as far as the 12 apostles, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of ambiguity here with the character Paul mm-hmm. because Paul calls himself an apostle. No, that's true. Um, so some people might think, okay, Jesus only called 12 apostles, but then you got Judas who Did killed you, himself. Do you know if Jesus used the word apostle? Oh, that might, that might just be an interesting thing to look up. That's a, Good question. I don't know. Because we, we, I think it's Off titled in our head. Bibles, like the calling of the 12 apostles or calling of the 12 right. or something. I wonder if like in the Aramaic, if he ever used that word or if it was like disciple or follower or something. That's a great question. I don't know that. That's more of a head. tangent thing. Sorry. No, that would be helpful if I knew that or if we knew that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, Sorry. You but no, yeah. Like part Paul. of, part of the question here is, were there only meant to be 12 mm-hmm. of these leader figures who directly followed Jesus. And, um, when Judas hung himself, the early church wanted to fill his role. Mm -hmm. So they cast lots in acts chapter one, maybe. Yeah. I think chapter one, Mm -hmm. they cast lots and it lands on a dude named Matthias. And so they appoint Matthias to be the 12th apostle in Judas's stead. Mm hmm. So there's this sense that like, oh, okay, these, maybe these are like leaders. These are administrative people. Um, I wish we had more details about what that meant practically. Mm -hmm. We really don't have a lot, but then there's this confusion. Paul calls himself an apostle. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people say, 
Oh, the word apostle is reserved for the 12 people that were following Jesus and were really used to plant the early church. Mm-hmm. And that's the only context where the word apostle can be used. Mm-hmm. And if that's your argument, then Matthias was never a true apostle. Yeah. Paul was the 12th apostle in Judas's stead. Interesting. That's a worldview. People mm-hmm. say that. Um, and there are no more apostles than those 12. Mm-hmm. Judas was a fraud. Matthias was an accident. Paul was the 12th. Oh, interesting. Um, there's another worldview that would say, yes, there is something special about these 12. And there's a different use of the word apostle, which is just a more general leader of the church who's mm-hmm. doing this like cult- culturization. And Paul fits that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do countless other people all throughout church history. Um, so there's not an For exclusivity sure. yeah. to what apostle means. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about the extent of my knowledge okay. there. And I, even while you're talking, I, I feel like I could see the two camps between like leadership and just like um, these fivefold gifting, giftings for everyone because there is like an equipping nature. Like there is someone has to be there to equip people mm-hmm. like in a certain um, role one of these five yeah like you're talking about like an, an apostle is like kind of the starter the um you know entrepreneur but in the same time we're also to be imitators of christ and mm-hmm. images of god and go and we're not like we are apostles like every one of us in the world like apostles of the kingdom of heaven yeah um that's good so it's kind of both both and a little bit i think that's I really totally good see that and just because it's not so clearly delineated in scripture, I think this isn't a hill that anyone should die on. Yeah, you know, totally. Um, I think it's a good conversation mm-hmm. and it maybe is important to take a stance. For example, if there were only 12 apostles ever, then it's probably not worth Paul's time to tell Ephesus but that some. some are given as apostles. Yeah. That That leads me to believe that there's a lot more apostles than mm-hmm. just the 12th. But then you can ask the question, well, what's the difference between the original 12 and Mm -hmm. others? Um, Yeah. I also want to say, because I I think we'll do more episodes um, about the fivefold. And maybe go into detail on a few, maybe interview some people in our community Mm -hmm. that embody these things. Um, But at the same time, bringing it back to just, you know, Christ is first and foremost the thing. Yeah, that we agree about. Amen. And the <laughs> the idea of the fivefold is not one of those, like you said, a hill to die on. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, I feel like if this is like, if you haven't come to grips with like what the fivefold is, like that's okay. I think you can <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, view it as, okay, maybe I view it as like important or like not as important as you feel fit. It's kind of one of those things. Sure. Is that I don't is that kind of a messy thing to say because I only I'm I'm trying to say this just that like I don't want this to turn anyone off from our community mm-hmm. because you could view it as just like maybe a great template of what a balanced leadership should be mm. or it's like the Lord has called five people to be a part of this you know it's like it's yeah. way more intense um I don't want to sound heretical there. No, I don't think you are heretical. Okay. Maybe some people would say you are. I don't. Okay. Well, like it kind of reminds me of yeah. like the Enneagram. Yeah. It's not like nine different types of humans mm-hmm. were described by God. Yeah. And then he created nine different types of humans, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, we have a lot of fours in this region. Let's like throw some more fives and sixes in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, totally, yeah. it was like a, te- <laughs> you know, I'm a real estate agent and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like building floor plans, yeah. <laughs> like in a big subdivision, mm-hmm. there's maybe six to nine floor plans Yeah, and you're just going to like change some things here and there. But for the most part, like, oh, that's the Crestwood floor plan <laughs> by Hubble Homes. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> totally. yeah, no, and there's eight of those in mm-hmm. that subdivision <laughs> like that that kind of hones things in a little too much i think we should see the enneagram as a tool yeah uh, to help us understand how personality types tend to look um what are patterns that we can observe mm-hmm. similarities and differences but 
it shouldn't ever be the super strong delineations. Yeah. Um, like the, uh, this passage is about unity. And so <laughs> yes. if, if we're somehow taking a divisive stance within this, we are completely missing <laughs> that's it. That's so ironic. And I think that's what I was going to say. If the fivefold ministry is not a hill to die on, the, the hill that is to die on here is the unity of the church, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, maybe arguably you should die for that. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do agree with that. Ironically, the church has been really good at dividing mm-hmm. and not fighting for unity. Yeah, for sure. Instead, we fight for these smaller issues instead of holding ourselves together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, it breaks the prayer of Jesus in John 17 when he says, may they be the church. May they be one, even as you and I are one father. Yes. It's like, that's at the heart. <clears throat> mm-hmm of this passage that Paul's trying to get at. So totally, if we don't keep coming back to unity, then we're missing it. Absolutely. That's good. I'm glad you said that. Hmm. Hmm. This is good. I think in future podcasts, what I would like to do is go through the fivefold a little bit more. Yeah. Um, What are each of them? Mm -hmm. Um, I could just say right now that like, there's this fun little tool, which classic, you know, our culture. Mm-hmm. Let me guess, tool that, alliteration. <laughs> you got it. Wow. <laughs> how'd you know? That's exactly it. Yes. If you're wondering what the apostle is, the prophet, the evangelist, they all have a word that starts with a G. Oh, great. Isn't that great? Yeah. Great. great. <laughs> <laughs> this and, episode is brought to you by the letter G. <laughs> <laughs> And even this, it's a tool, but it's limiting because mm-hmm. the apostle is so much more than this one word that starts with a G. The, the apostle word is govern. Okay. So according to um, some churches and the way that they break this down, they say that the apostle is the one that governs. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the, the head, the leader over it all. As uh, Yeah, an authoritative mm-hmm. figure. Okay. The prophet is the guide using the voice of the Lord they're going to steer us in the direction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Govern, guide. Evangelist is gatherer. Mm-hmm. The one, like you said, that the brings people in, brings the flock in. The, the shepherd or the pastor is the guard mm-hmm. who's guarding them to protect against the wolves, you know, that might jump in and mm-hmm. wound the flock. Yeah. Um, and then the teacher is the one who grounds in scripture. I like that. In the solid things. Uh, again, I say this is limiting because like a pastor does a lot more than just guard. Mm-hmm. You got to like really kind of expand that a little bit to like mm-hmm. shepherd, uh, make shepherds feed. Totally. And they like disciple, water and disciple. Nourish, and, yeah. Lead me beside quiet waters. Mm-hmm. You restore my soul. Discipline even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to go more into those fivefold in the future but i think this is a good like introductory podcast to start us off what are you looking at right now um right before this section on unity paul does a really great blessing that maybe we should end with wow would that be cool we should let's do that um from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God, not to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. Oh, that's stunning. I love Paul. <laughs> Paul's so good. That's stunning, isn't it? That prayer. So good. He like, it, if you look at the structure of Ephesians, I've learned from the wonderful Tim Mackey um, that you could kind of cut the book in half. Mm-hmm. And the first three chapters are about the reality of our salvation and the love of God that has come to us and has welcomed us in to him, despite that we have been rebellious. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're grafted in to the family of Abraham yeah. that we might be a blessing to the world. So good. Um, that's the first three chapters. And that's the pinnacle of the first three chapters is may we know the height and the depth and the width of Christ's love for us. Mm-hmm. And if, if that prayer is answered, then what follows in chapters four through six, um, I think will just happen mm-hmm. because God's love will teach us unity. Yeah. Despite our differences, you know, if yeah. we, if we hold fast to the love of Christ, we will exude the love of Christ to people who look different than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes on to talk about like how husbands and wives relate to each other and children to their parents and slaves to their masters. And, and all of it, I think it's like, the centerpiece is the love of Christ Mm -hmm. and it dictates everything else. So good. It's not beautiful. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeing the fivefold outside of that structure, then you've pulled it out of context and you're missing the heart. Mm. I think that's, that's so well said, you know, that's kind of a strong thing to say, but I really believe it's true. No. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have more questions and more thoughts, but, We'll save them for future podcasts. Totally. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan to me. So thank you, listener, for joining with us in this grand adventure of the eightfold, was it? <laughs> Twelve? Twenty? <laughs> Twenty-five? <laughs> Fold. No, we don't even fold our bulletins, Chase. <laughs> we just have sheets. Stupid joke. Zero folds. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to join us for Sunday worship... At least at the time that we're recording this podcast, we meet at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. I guess there could be a future when that's not true. Yeah, but I think for now. I think it's worth mm-hmm. saying that we meet at 4 p.m. at the Vineyard in Garden City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so feel free to join us. Can't wait to see you there. Yeah, and we pray that these words were encouraging to you, edifying. They probably left you with some more questions or thoughts. Maybe you found yourself really passionate <laughs> in some way about something that we were saying or asking, uh, I would just encourage you, encourage you to, um, yeah, hold on to those thoughts, ask those questions. If you want, send them into our email at deepwaters at riverhouse ministries.com. Yeah. And, uh, just know that you don't have to be any kind of particular way to be in the body of Christ. You know, that's so good. And if you're like, I don't ascribe to these things or I don't feel like I look that way. That's exactly the point. Praise God. Mm -hmm. You look the way that God made you to look, be you and be welcome in this place. The love of Jesus may it help us be unified. Um, Instead of conforming to the image of anyone else, may we, be renewed by the transforming of our minds that Christ gives us in his love. So good. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say? Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.